Are you ready for common sense retirement planning advice? Tired of the noise coming out of mainstream financial media that doesn't always have your best interest at heart? Looking for someone who will answer the tough questions that applies to your money? Well, welcome to the Plan to Retire podcast. Each week, certified financial planner Jeff Bowers will make you a better investor, consumer, and help you make smart money choices as you journey through retirement. Head on over to plantoretire.com, that's the number two in Plan to Retire, where you can learn more, schedule a no-obligation introductory phone call, or subscribe to this free podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. Now, here's your host, Jeff Bowers. Hello, and welcome to the Plan to Retire podcast. Today, we're, our episode is we're going to talk about one of our questions from the field that we get an awful lot around this time, especially when we're in a election cycle and you've got it. That question is, what should I do about my investments with the stock returns and the election coming up? Should I do something with my 401k? Should I get my money out? Should I stay invested? So today we're going to talk about stock market returns and elections and a little bit of historical data and some perspective on that that everybody can think about. Hope that you glean some good information from today. It's something they find useful. So welcome and glad to have you along. Glad you're letting us spend part of your day with you. So a couple disclaimers first. I want to let you know, of course, you know the old standby past performance is no guarantee of future results. And any investments that we're talking about during this podcast are not your individual recommendations. They're purely for illustrative purposes only. And there is no client planner relationship between you and I, unless you are a client. If you're not a client, just because you listen to the podcast doesn't mean that we have any obligation to you to give you advice, because frankly, we don't know enough about you. But hopefully you're gaining some from the podcast that is making your financial life better. The other thing is, because we're talking a little bit about stock market returns as it relates to an election, we are not endorsing any candidate or any political party. So if you glean some conclusion from that, from our talk today, uh, you are false. But sometimes people are very set in their ways and want to hear what they want to hear. So we're not making any recommendations here or endorsements. So with that, let's talk a little bit about election and politics. You know, the first thing is, are there any patterns in the return of stock markets during election years? And I get that asked a lot when people say, you know, well, I think I should take money out of the the market because this person says that or this economist said that this on the TV or the radio. First off, let's talk about this idea. Is there any kind of pattern to election years? And looking at some historical data, if we look at the S&P 500, and remember, S&P 500 is the standard and poor's 500 largest companies in the United States. So imagine them in a big basket and they're tracked their return based on that indexed. Now it is a capitalization weighted index. What does that mean in English? It means the biggest companies at the top of the index are getting most of the weight of the return. So when your Amazons are doing really well, then the market goes up tremendously for the S&P. And when the Googles of the world and Facebooks do poorly, then it goes down substantially because the big boys are the ones who drag who drive the train in the S&P 500. Well, what can we tell about elections? Well, we went back all the way to 1928 election years, looking at the S&P average return during an election year is 11.3%. So 
during an election year, on average, stocks go up 11.3%. Not a big shocker there because the average return on stocks is about 10%. But remember, average is average is not an expectation of return. There's a wide disparity in range in any given year in the S&P 500. Even though the average might be 10 or 11%, that doesn't mean you're probably ever going to see 10 or 11%. You may remember from a previous podcast, I think it was only, what, six times since 1926 had the average been within 2% below that average or 2% above. But on average, during an election year, those returns are 11.3%. So there's no real pattern to say an election year is always going to be negative. In fact, when I look at a graph and a chart right now of all the election years, there's not that many that are negative. And there's no real consistent pattern to the negative years on the S&P 500. In other words, I can't say one political party or another political party, whether they're in the White House or have control of Congress, that stocks do X or stocks do Y. It's really kind of a little bit all over the place. Again, no consistent pattern. Well, and you know, a second part of that story we always hear is, and I heard this just last week from an employee on a 401k plan where we're the fiduciary advisor. Employee had asked me, you know, Jeff, I think I should take my money out of the stock market because it seems like, you know, I saw an economist the other day and they said that the stock market's going to collapse next year. And of course, I remember hearing talk about how when Brexit goes the wrong way or if Trump gets elected president, markets are going to collapse. Well, it's kind of interesting. You know, both those things happen, but the stock market didn't really collapse. So I wouldn't glean, again, too much from either political party. And I wouldn't try to make a big prediction to say next year they're going to collapse because what's interesting is the year following elections, on average, gains 9.9%. So nearly 10%. So Again, year of an election, a little over 11, the year after an election gains about 10% for the S&P 500. Now, what I do find interesting about this, we dig a little deeper. Remember, the S&P 500 is predominantly United States stocks, the top 500 companies in the United States. The MSCIEAFE index is basically a basket of stocks that are non-U.S. Well, here's some interesting information. Average return of international stocks during an American election year is 6%. So you go from 11 in the United States to 6% internationally. Now, the year following a presidential election in the United States, international stocks have returned 14.5%. So pretty big disparity there between the election year and the year after on international stocks. But yet domestic stocks, the U.S., were pretty much the same the year of the election and the year after. Even gets a little uh, more interesting if we look at emerging market stocks internationally. Now, remember, when we say emerging markets, these are your small, underdeveloped countries who are still growing. Countries like Brazil, some would still include China in that. Eh, I don't think I'd include China as a small emerging country, but Countries like Brazil, Russia, other countries like that who are small, who are, quote, up and coming with their economies. What's interesting is the average return on emerging market stocks during an American election year is a little below 4% at 3.8%. The average return of the year after an American election. This is really interesting. 
average return of emerging market stocks the year after an American election is 34.4%. That's just crazy. So a disparity between almost 4% during an American election year all the way up to over 30% the year after. Now, again, I'm not recommending you go out here and buy emerging market stocks because next year they're going to go up by a third. But it's just interesting that there's that kind of disparity. So American stocks, you don't tend to see a big difference between election year and the year after an election. International stocks, you start to see this disparity creep in. But then in the emergency, the emerging stocks, boy, that disparity is just blown out of the water. It's just amazing the difference uh, between an election year. And I really can't put my thumb on the handle why that would be. That's maybe for another podcast in a future time. Another question we got. So answer that question about any patterns. There really aren't any patterns as from that data other than what we talked about with international and emerging stocks. And do stock markets act differently after the election? Well, again, we just kind of spelled that out a little bit. They don't act much differently in the U.S., but it seems like they do act very differently in international and emerging stocks. You know, and, and again, we heard this sentiment that I hear constantly. I heard that the stock market is going to get down big time after the election. Is that true? Well, again, the only way that would be true is if it's an event that's caused predominantly economically or some major shock to the economy. There does not appear to be any pattern in past history that indicates the year after presidential election is any worse or any better for U.S. stocks than what it is the year of an election. And, you know, you hear a lot of talk right now. We heard it during the financial crisis of 2008. We heard it during the COVID virus crisis here that we're going through this year. And I'm hearing it when we talk about the elections and how it relates to stock markets. This sentiment of, but this time it's different. Well, it's different for you and I because we're living it. Sure, it was different for us now because we weren't around making investment decisions necessarily 50 or 60 years ago during World War II or before that or Vietnam conflicts or things like the real estate collapse or things like assassination attempt on President Reagan. And the list can go on and on and on of our country always dealing with some sort of crisis. That's the nature of the beast. It's, it's the you know who we are, unfortunately. But it's very easy to make the argument that somehow this time's different, therefore I need to act differently. Remember that that's a very scary proposition because history just doesn't bear that out. The details and the reasons behind crises and collapses, sure, they're always different. But the reactions are really pretty similar if you go back in history. Companies adjust. They change markets. They change cost structures. They maybe change management, and they adjust and move forward in a positive way. And that's generally what you're seeing now as well. So be very careful we get wrapped up in that sentiment to say, well, this time is different, so therefore I need to make that change. So be very careful of getting sucked into that trap. So there you have it. So the conclusion is there really is not a lot of strong predictability with presidential elections, the year of the election or the year after of some big swing either way in U.S. stocks. There is some evidence looking at the past internationally and some really strong correlation 
looking at emerging market stocks. Not enough that I would frankly act upon because, again, it's always best for you to be in a diversified portfolio. And as I talk to clients and employees in 401k plans all the time, make sure your investment allocation, the mix of your investments, the eggs in your basket are mixed up according to your time horizon. In other words, if you're going to be buying a house in two years, that money that's being used to buy that home should not be investing in stocks. That's what a savings account's for at a bank. Unfortunately, they're not going to pay you anything now, but that's where it belongs. Just like if it's money you're not going to touch in your retirement for another 20, 30 years, cash is not where that money belongs. You need growth on that money, so you're going to have to put up with some of those fluctuations to be able to meet that growth and what your requirement's going to be for income in the future. So with that, you know, we're going to wrap this up. We are always looking for new podcast ideas. And if you're interested in giving us some information and some suggestions, some good feedback, positive or negative, we want it all. And specifically some ideas on future podcasts. Our email address is podcast at plan to retire.com. That's podcast at the word plan, the number two retire.com. And we wish you a fantastic fall this year. And remember, if you're not doing the planning, someone's doing your financial planning for you. Thank you for tuning into the Plan to Retire podcast. Head on over to plantoretire.com. That's the number two. So plan the number two retire.com to learn more, schedule a no obligation introductory phone call, or to subscribe to this free podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. We'll see you next time on the Plan to Retire podcast.